Hi, Charlize of Girl at the Yellow Desk here. And for me, strength means overcoming things in your own time, but still overcoming them. So that might mean starting over. That might mean riding the wave at the bottom of the pit, but always having your comeback. So strength means that you get through it and you keep on going. Do you ever feel like you are the only one living a life that is too hard to handle? Welcome to the In Raw Life podcast, where we're going to talk about real life in its raw form. Each week, we'll dive into the stuff that nobody really likes to talk about because it's uncomfortable, painful, a little awkward, or just weird. We want to normalize all of that and help you realize that you can live out your dream even in life's messiness. I'm Sierra. And I'm Jessica. And we're living our dream lives in real life, in raw life. Welcome back to the In Raw Life podcast. We are so excited that you're here today. I don't know, Sierra might not be as excited, but I'm super excited because I know what we're talking about and Sierra doesn't know what we're talking about because it's my birthday episode. Yeah. I am excited. I am not as excited because I'm in the dark, but that's part of the (laughs) exhilaration. So, And if you are excited to tune in every single week, we would love it if you would rate, review, and subscribe wherever you're listening to us in your eardrums so that we can get into more beautiful ears in this earth and maybe even beyond. (laughs) The aliens can tune in if you leave a review right now. You never know. You never know. And if you want to follow us for even more excitement, you can do so at inrawlife.co on Instagram and Facebook. And if you feel empowered or unstoppable and definitely a woman, then you can (laughs) join our Facebook group, Empowered Unstoppable Women. Yes. Now, if we are... Making you sit on the edge of your seat with excitement to find out what the topic is today. Because I know I am. That's amazing. But you have to wait until the reality check. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, before we get into whatever Jessica has in store for us, Jess, what's your reality for today? My reality. I, I feel slightly nervous. Because About? of today's episode, like I've, it's so good and I thought of it a few months ago and I just want to yeah. make sure that I get it right. But that's part of life is right. not always getting it right and just going through it and seeing and seeing what happens and what works out. But yeah, I was, I was thinking about this as I was uh, – about a few minutes before we got on the call, I'm, I'm like excited and nervous about this and I want to get it right, but it's okay if I don't fully get it right because things are always evolving and ever-changing. And then – and I think that's always an issue of mine when we record. Like I always – not necessarily that I want to get it right, but I always want to make sure that I say everything that I want to say about it. And then sometimes after the fact, mm. I'm like, oh, man. That's one of my things. I feel like I'm not always as good on my feet and I'm getting better. Yeah. But I get really sad when I – like, oh, I missed that one point. That would have been really good. But giving myself grace. I used to be really bad on my feet too. Like, and I, I felt the exact same way. And now I guess like, and I still sometimes get nervous if it's like a big episode that I'm very excited mm-hmm. about. But the cool thing is we like sometimes revisit topics. So if yeah. you ever forget it, 
We'll just have to make it another episode. So yeah, it's fine. exactly. Because this is just going to be ongoing. <laughs> if it's that good, if it's totally worth it. Yeah, yeah. So that that was my thought, and then I also just have like all of this bundle of emotions as usual, because that's you know being a human. Mm-hmm. Of, it's almost summertime for my kids, so like there's that excitement in the air, and mm-hmm. a whole lot of birthdays are coming up in our family, and like you know summer things. And we're doing huge things, and I feel like we're, like, on this precipice of just – it's yeah. just going to, like, burst open. Of greatness. And I just yep. want to, like, it's... get, like, to that other little side already. <laughs> but then I yeah. also have the juxtaposition of losing my grandmother last week, and it's a, it's just super weird in so many ways because of the family dynamics, plus <laughs> Emmeline just <laughs> – she gets so – I mean, it's it's completely valid, but she gets so deep in her feelings. And so she's, like, very – she can be very up and down right now because of that. And I just mm. – <laughs> it breaks my heart. I'm sorry. Oh, that's so hard. I know. Oh. So, yeah. A lot of – as usual, a lot of just roller coaster of emotions for so many different things. But in quite a generally good mood today. Good. What about you? Um, I am a little bit of a little bit roller coastery also. Um I I don't know. Last night I was like kind of every now and then I get this like hint of depression and I feel it coming back. And I used to like when that would happen, I used to um dwell on it, not say anything about it, and then it would make it worse. Because mm-hmm. I would just be like, Oh my gosh, I'm gonna be depressed, I'm gonna be depressed. And then I would get anxiety about my depression and it would be spiraling. And so last night I kind of felt it and I had like I go through all the thoughts. Okay, like what was it? Well I've had a lot of dairy lately and sometimes dairy affects it. Well I also drank last night, so sometimes that affects it. And like sometimes when I talk to this one person it makes me a little extra sad. Maybe that's it. And like going through all this list and I was telling Jay last night, because that's something else I didn't used to do. So I'm mm-hmm. like Jay I'm on the hint of depression. And he's like, okay. And I, I like, but like he was about to say something and then I cut him off with all those thoughts. Like it could be this, it could be this, it could be this, it could be this. And he's like, I think you need to go to bed. And I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot. I, it could also be sleep exhaustion. And he's mm-hmm. like, I think it's sleep exhaustion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> go to bed. And I was like, okay. And so I did. And then I, I went to bed like at 9.30 and I woke up at like 7.30. So it was like 10 hours. Well, I mean, I was up a lot with the baby. He was, mm-hmm. He's doing his 18-month sleep regression. So um, um, it wasn't 10 straight hours. But still, I felt so refreshed this morning. And I was – we over the weekend, we finally made our house a home. So I was so – like, I just – I feel at peace finally. Like, I love mm-hmm. our house and I've been excited to be there, but I haven't felt at peace yet when there's, like, boxes and yeah. stuff everywhere. And so we got rid of a bunch of stuff that wasn't ours. It was just, like, my – because we bought my mother-in-law's house. So it was stuff that was hers that was going elsewhere. We got rid of all of that. So our living room is clean and clear. Yay. And there's nothing to look at but a couch, a TV, a TV stand with one blanket. Like, I love the minimal – look and it is minimal good. so minimal now and i it like brings immense peace to me oh good it's the dog pee smell my dog keeps peeing in the carpet what because he like he thinks carpet is the dirt he did this in our old home until we were like got oh rid of carpet. yeah mm. and now he's doing it again and i just can't figure out how to make him stop so if any of you listening know how to make a dog stop peeing in carpet if you could send a message to podcast at inrawlife.com 
Did he have that issue when he was younger? Because you had carpet when he was younger. Uh, I don't remember. Like in California? It was like, yeah, he did. But we were only there for like a year, so I really don't remember. Oh. Um... And there was a lot going on. Like, we were watching someone's cats, and they peed all over the carpet. So, like, oh. I don't – the decks peeing on that carpet doesn't stand out to me. Got it. And then we didn't have it for so long. And I think mm-hmm. it's partially, like, a bit of rebellion because he doesn't get all the attention that he used to. I don't know how to give that to him either because I have two very needy children. So, mm. oh, sorry, Dex, you're going to play third fiddle. But anyway, <laughs> any Dexie. hints would be wonderful. But, yeah, that's my – Reality. But I'm also excited and I'm thrilled because tomorrow Jessica and I are starting a new challenge for our business. And oh, I'm so like, I can't mm-hmm. wait for it. But I was like, kind of trying to enjoy the calm before the storm. So mm-hmm. the storm of goodness, like the storm of hard work, which is exciting. So all good things <laughs> with a mix of weird emotions, too. So yeah, I get it. It's time. Okay. Do <laughs> What's Here, today's episode? I did a little. Uh, reach out to people that I know okay, to ask their opinion on today's topic. And here are some of the varied reactions that I received. Okay. Varied. Let's hear it. Bullshit. (laughs) That was Jed. Inclusion. Okay. Purity test. Overbearing. Love. Destructive firebrand. Wow. What the heck is today's topic? <laughs> Do you have any guesses at all? The only thing that all of that made me think of is saving yourself from marriage. <laughs> saving yourself from marriage? For marriage. For like not having marriage. sex until you're married. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Oh. Well, I kind of like it better that way. No, that is not today's topic. That's probably not something I would pick. Today's topic, and maybe you can give me your very initial first thought when you hear the word. Today's topic is feminism. Um, yeah, like it's, I already have heard the other words, so it's hard to come up with my own, but I agree with varied. Whoever said varied. I'm Nobody on, said very. Not on board. I might have you said, said varied. Oh, I said I got varied like opinion. Oh, opinions. That's yeah. funny. Well, that well, varied is, is the word I describe it. That's my idea. So I wanted today's topic to be what is feminism really? Because it's not a four letter word like some people think it is. But that's also their opinion. They're allowed to that be that have that opinion. But yeah, when I especially when I asked my brother. And his answer was like, oh, well, I mean, it can go into so much, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, they're basically saying there's so – it's changed so much and there's so many different opinions, so it's hard to really, like, nail down exactly what it is. And I said, that's exactly my idea. And I wanted to get the opinion of lots of different people with different political views, different genders, different – just everything views so that I could show just how – how many – how the range is of ideas about it. Can you read your list again? Like you can go through it quicker, but I just want to, now that I know what it is, I want to hear the words you, that were describing it again. Destructive, firebrand, firebrand activist, purity test, bullshit, overbearing, inclusion, love. 
Wow, that is such a random variety. Mm-hmm. Wow. And it was funny because some people who do have or think they have different views than I do were like, oh, you're not going to like my answer. I was like, that's exactly what I'm looking for. I, I don't need to like your answer. It's your answer. It's how you feel. So if yeah. you look up the definition of feminism – Online, it says the advocacy of women's rights on the basis of the equality of the sexes. Okay. I like that. That's a great definition for what feminism should be, I think. But it's also so basic. And I think there is so much around the topic. So I did a lot of research on this because one, I did it for myself because I wanted to kind of solidify what I think and feel and understand it because I do identify as a feminist, but the people who have such a harsh reaction to it, I don't believe that that's what I think feminism is, how, how they're the reacting. people that have a harsh reaction towards, like a negative reaction towards yeah. feminism? Yeah. Okay. So I was- I think people have a harsh reaction in a positive way towards feminism yes, too. Yes, like, yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. So I, I did a lot of different research. I listened to like some different speakers- I didn't love any of the TED Talks in either way about it. Uh, I listened to a lot of Emma Watson stuff because she's a pretty big advocate and activist. And then I listened to an entire book, which is why I pushed this recording off because I wanted to finish it. And the book oh, gotcha. is titled Cassandra Speaks by – I want to uh-huh. say her name's Elizabeth Lesser. And what she said feminism is or the basic belief of feminism – is what I resonated with a lot. She said, not that women's rights, that, that women are right and men are wrong. It's merely that women are people and therefore their voices, values, and stories matter. So that's what I really, I really resonated yeah. with that one. So, so on the other side, and I know that a lot of people's negative reactions to it is when it becomes super radical and when it becomes toxic, or anything can become toxic this way, sure, is when it's imbalanced, when we isolate a gender, a religion, et cetera, and we're treating the symptom instead of the disease. So when we only isolate that one – like the, the feminists are like only females matter or if people think that that's what feminists are saying – that's when it becomes toxic because it's not that we matter more. It's not that we are the only ones that matter. It's that we also matter. And there is so much history. I mean, the reason why that, that book was titled Cassandra Speaks is about the, the myth, mythological character Cassandra who – it was something to do with like Zeus and I want to say Apollo or Hermes. I forget now. But she wronged them because she didn't want to be with them or whatever it was. And so one of them cursed her with always telling the truth. She can't not tell the truth. And she became a, a like she was able to give prophecies, but no one would ever believe her. Mm. So that's like, you know, from lo- far, long and far ago myth that is part of what's believed of women. Eve from the Bible, she, you know, she's all about giving birth and like the, you know, like what we all come from, yet she's the one that brought the sin. She's the one that like brings sin and death, she talked about in the book. And then Pandora. And that's all that I feel like she's remembered for too. Exactly. Like she's not remembered not for remembered being the for, first woman or. 
Yeah. All the other beautiful things she did, yeah. And then Pandora, another long and far ago female character in the myths. She was first woman. She brings about birth, but she also brought all of the evils. And that's what she's Mm. thought of for. You know, Pandora's box, that's a typical saying. But Mm -hmm. the weird juxtaposition is that the idea of female and feminine is this divine femininity and like the holy mother, you know, Mother Earth. But we are not allowed to have our own spiritual ideas and personal autonomy. We have to like fit that box. But then if we like, you know, step into our power of being a woman and embrace our femininity and want to be heard for what we're saying and whatever else, then we're looked at as like the whore. Like she talked about the Madonna versus the whore idea. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that culture presents, you can either be a good girl and gentle and submissive and pure or you're the bad girl because you're empowered, embodied, and sexual. And I know that not, and I'm not generalizing everybody, but that is kind of the idea. And I know that we all have it in our heads because it's so ingrained in us. It's like ingrained in our in generational after generation after generation from all of those origin stories of myths and like the first female. It's always been, oh, this this divine feminine, yet she's going to do all the evil things the second that she steps into her own power. And it mm-hmm. it's really sad. And I don't think that feminism is only about bra burning and hating men. It has, It's nothing to do with that. It's, hey, we are also humans. We are so capable of so much. And sometimes we don't even realize it ourselves because we're like, oh, well, we're the woman, so we're going to stay home and take care of the baby even though we also want to do all these other things and are so fully capable and sometimes more capable. Yeah. I think like on that thought, like I'm the woman and I want to take care of the baby. Like there's also this weird thought that like in this way we're stronger. Like I don't, sometimes I feel like if I don't stay home with the baby, my husband can't handle it. Like he won't Mm -hmm. know how to do it. And yet I also want to be free. And like, like we're talking about taking a weekend away and I mean, there's part of me that I don't want to be gone for my babies, but there's also part of me that like, I feel bad leaving my husband with the kids for so long. He leaves for four days and it's fine. But if I leave, he's going to need help from his mother mm-hmm. and his aunt and his cousin. Like what? Mm-hmm. But that's <laughs> so really also, there's a part of it. Like we need more. I don't know. It's a weird balance. That's also on us too, though, sometimes, because sometimes uh-huh. we, that's the idea in our head of, oh, but we can't like, like he needs help. We need to trust men more. Men also- yeah. Men are fully capable of being feminists. Men are also able to be a feminist. I know plenty of male feminists. And because it's it's not them saying, oh, women are better than me or women deserve more than me. It's saying, Mm -hmm. I see her as an equal human being. Mm -hmm. It's not that there were, you know, like, yes, there is like actual physical differences. Like Mm -hmm. a man most of the time is able to literally carry something physical better than a female. Yeah. But then, you know, we're the ones that carry babies and push them out of our vaginas. So. (laughs) And they can't do that. There's a balance. (laughs) And that takes a lot of friggin' strength. But of course there's like the physicalities of it. And then it's, you know, you and whatever men, like women and men are in each other's lives. It's finding whatever works for you. But I don't think that there has to be that defined, oh, because you're a man, you do this. And because you're a woman, you do this. It's about what you want. And, you know, tradition plays a part in that. But there's just 
there's so much craziness that surrounds this word. And it makes me sad because even I, until recently, was nervous to say that I was a feminist to some people in my life because I didn't want them to think differently of me. Like, oh, she's so, you know, whatever. Like, she's so liberal or she's so radical or. Right. But you, I think, are a feminist at the true definition of feminist. Yeah. Like, not. And see, that's. So my biggest thought, what the reason I say varied is because, like, I think there's pure or somebody said pure like -hmm. i think there's like pure feminism which is like genuinely making women equal you know like women's suffrage didn't happen until the late 1800s right am i yeah i have the timeline of of events here and it's just like that's mind-boggling to me that's Mm -hmm. not that long ago and yet like now i feel like we've come we've come so far which is great um but like a little bit there's a little bit of like how could they have ever done this to us and then there's this Mm -hmm. like hatred and I think like for feminism to actually have power it needs to not be at the expense Mm -hmm. of man yeah um like my uh one of (sighs) Jay is I mean, I don't think he would describe himself as a feminist because of, like, the same way that you mm-hmm. do. But I've never met a man who's respected women so much. Like, he he was raised by women, all like, by mm-hmm. aunts and his grandmother and his mom. And when I met – like, the way he respected me when I met him, I was like, wow, this is amazing. Like, he loves women very equally. But he has, like, a, an acquaintance who posted on Facebook about how – like, white men are all evil. And he's like, dude, like, that's – we're supposed to be friends, you know? Like, how – I mean, it's not – they're closer than acquaintances. I just don't want to, like, give away mm-hmm. who it is. But he was like, we're friends. How can you think all white men are evil? Mm-hmm. And you're married to a white man, and I'm a white man. Like, there's so – like, you can't – You can't putting, generalize. Like, by putting that on blast on Facebook, you're turning off the people – the very people that you're asking to treat you as an equal, and that's not the way to do it. Mm-hmm. You have to like you can't you can't put on blast all white men and expect that they're going to treat you with respect when you're like when some of them actually already respected you beforehand. That's that's what I believe anyway. Well, no, I mean I agree with that, and I I'm never a fan of anything that's so generalized because there's always so many facets to it. Oh, yeah. And doing all this research and listening to stuff on feminism and being a feminist, it's so tied to racism and any other inequalities that there are. Because mm-hmm. equal, I mean, the definition of equality, I didn't look it up, but definition of equality, like, you know, an equal sign would mean it's the exact same. But when it comes to culture and people, I think it's just, it has such a broader definition It's not saying because I have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, you need to have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. It's (laughs) it's the fact that we as a person matter just as much. Not that it's going to be put above anyone else or below anyone else and not necessarily that you're going to win because you need to be seen as equal. I think it's just you're you're allowed to be heard as well. Like, and, mm-hmm. and we're going to give just as much importance to it. Like listening to all of this, you know, thinking about women in the workforce and 
all the different laws that give any, you know, particular race or gender like a leg up in hiring process or a leg down because they see that and they're like, oh, that's not what we want. Like it makes – I wish that it could be a completely blind process in any sort of choice when it comes to anything. I mean, even we, like you were saying, it took how long for like women's suffragette and then it took how long for us to have a female in the White House and we finally have one and I absolutely love it and I, I like her. I think she's awesome. Why did it have, why does it have to be such a big deal to, to make sure? Why can't it be, Mm. here are the humans that you can choose from. Here are their values and what they would stand for and do for you as the people of this country. No, Here you may not see what color they are. No, you may not see what gender they are. No, you might not even know their name. They're just like choice this, that, and the other. Pick. Yeah. Like that, that would make it, that gives an equal chance, you know? And same with like for, you know, a job. If a job comes up, it's, here's the pay. Here's what we need. Send in your qualifications. Let us pick you based on your qualifications and that you're going to accept that pay or not or whatever you're going to do and then hire them. And then you get to see who they, like, you know, you get to, to see what they look like. Because mm-hmm. why does yeah. that matter to what they can do for you? Yeah. I keep thinking of arguments in my head like, well, what if you need, you know, whatever. But it's like if you can – the only, I guess the only option that I could think would be different is needs to be able to pick up like whatever, like, you know how, like you said, like women, and, like our bodies are built different, but even then, like, but a I woman mean, could- any, there's been plenty of jobs that I've applied for and worked for. That's like, needs to be able to lift 50 pounds. Great. I can do that. <laughs> needs to be able to stand for 12 right. hours. I, was, I can do that. Right. Yeah. There's nothing they don't, I don't think there's even a requirement. I don't know. Yeah. And even still like, like I was thinking like a lumber yard or <clears throat> like a rock quarry where you'd have to be able to lift mm-hmm. really big stuff. But there are women. There are women who can, can do, do that. that. Yeah. Like it's not, it's maybe it doesn't come as easy to her, but all the more reason she's qualified because mm-hmm. she's worked that hard to be able to lift that. So yeah, there's really like not a single job that I can think of where, you know, like, or you could think the reverse, like, oh, a nanny. Well, you know, like women have a sensitive touch and whatever. Yeah. There's men out there. There's who are plenty of men who are too. nannies. Yeah. What did you say? Okay. I said there, there – I agreed with you. There's plenty of men out there who are great nannies. And you could easily – like for a rock quarry, you could easily hire a man that says, oh, yeah, I can do all this stuff. And then he quits a week later because it's lazy. too hard for him. Or you could hire a female nanny who is terrible and doesn't pay attention to the kids or, God forbid, and does something terrible and evil. You know? Like – Yeah. We're all capable of the same things when it comes to character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Going back to, like, the traditions and the myths, she even in the book spoke about – there was a time where she and her husband were traveling France looking at all the old caves, like, with the the markings on them and the stories that were told on the cave walls because I think that was some of the oldest found. And a, there's a lot of research done on that that says – because originally they were thought, oh, these were made by men. Like the men were the ones who drawing these stories, drawing the pictures. But there's been research done that these actually might have been drawn by the females. Like the females might have been the ones in charge, the ones that were were making the decisions. And it's just the fact that then somebody stepped up at some point in history, in our history, and 
all the men were telling the stories. So they're telling it from a male's perspective because that's what they think happened. And so that's what's perpetuated over the years. I mean, it's just, it's mind boggling how ingrained in our culture and society and the world it is that men tell the stories, men's voices are heard more often. Her son went to, I forget which school he went to, but it was like, it was a good college and the reading list for the college, I think it was a hundred books maybe. And it's like some popular reading list. Literally every single book was written by a man. It's like, and I mean, think back and while, while she was listening, I think even the top 10 or top 20, I was thinking, yeah, that's everything that was, we were told to read in high school and they're all men's perspectives. Well, then there were women authors who had to take on the pen name of a man just to get published. Well, and that's another thing is they had to do that just in order for their voice to be heard. They had to pretend that they were a man. Mm-hmm. I have a hard time believing that the women were once in charge and then it switched, though, because I feel like I feel like if women were in charge, like they wouldn't have let it go. You know, like I think there it's a lot of work to have. Like, how did the men all of a sudden become in charge? I feel mm-hmm. like that's. Well, I mean, back in hunter and and gathering days, the women were the hunter-gatherers. Like, they were the ones going out and doing the big work to feed the village. I thought they were just the gatherers and the men were the hunters. No, I'm pretty sure they were the – I don't know. I could be wrong on that. See, I might be wrong. I think the women are the gatherers. No, but I – What would you say? I said I could be wrong. Um, I remember thinking how interesting it was that, that the women were whatever they were, though. Like it was the women. I don't know. Or maybe I'm thinking only about Google lions. Will tell. Right? Only <laughs> only psychology.com will tell. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe that's why I was a little bit nervous too, is just there's so much research to be done on it, and there's so much more to think about. And it's mm-hmm. sometimes hard to find the facts because it's from so long ago. Yeah. And I'm still developing my thoughts, but I just – I wanted to get it out there and talk about it because I know you and I have kind of vaguely talked about it in the past too. I don't even remember what brought this up a few months ago. We have? That I was like, I ooh, this that. is what I want to do my birthday episode on. But yeah, you mm-hmm. – I, I feel like in the past – and I could be wrong, so sorry. But I feel like in the past you had said, well, like you don't you don't feel like you're a feminist because like you enjoy the, the kind of typical gender roles in the household. Oh, yeah, that's true. I, I do, like, I I would rather let Jane do the, the man stuff. Like, sometimes I'm like, I could mow the lawn, but no. I'm not gonna, you just don't want to. Like, yeah. What? You just don't want to. Right. I like, I and I really love, like, I like letting him be the man, you know, like, which I feel like would be so anti-feminist. Like, I love, I love being like, well, honey, can you fix this, this, and this? You know, and I see those mm-hmm. things, like, where women are like, you know, like, oh, I wait to, like, I have to ask my husband to do this. Like, I could figure it out, but I don't want to figure it out because I want to spend my time and mind on, honestly, on, in raw life. Like, I want to change mm-hmm. the world. I want to change, I want to help women on a, like, mental health level. That's my calling. Mm-hmm. So I'll let Jay fix the toilet and the yard and whatever. Like, that's just how I feel. Yeah. I mean, I've, so I've been with two people that are, you know, serious relationships who are very much like this is the man and this is the woman's job. But then they're usually totally fine with 
putting off their quote unquote man jobs on me as well. So I have a weird relationship with it all because there are tasks that I am fine with doing and tasks that I just don't freaking feel like doing because not because I'm a woman, but because I just don't enjoy doing that. Taking out the trash is not my favorite thing, but I've taken out the trash most of my life as an adult because I've had to for, you know, time reasons or the other person not doing it reasons. Lawn care, both of them have been like, I can't believe you don't mow the lawn. I'm like, I literally just never had to. I didn't learn growing up mm-hmm. because by the time that I was could have been old enough to push a mon a mon a lawnmower. A mon lower. <laughs> uh, we lived in apartments and townhouses where I didn't have to learn. Mm-hmm. So I just don't feel like it because again, I have other things like my child and my work and reading and taking care of myself that I want to put my time into because I put my my other time into the household in other ways. I happen to do the laundry because I totally don't mind doing the laundry and he hates it. I take care of budgeting because I'm really great at it and I enjoy it, which is, you know, usually quote unquote a man's job and he doesn't enjoy it and is terrible at it. That's funny. I like taking out the trash. Like it's, it's like, it's funny that I guess I have these ideas, but it's just, it's really a matter of preference. Like I don't want to do certain things. I don't mind. I like taking out the trash because I like going outside. Sometimes mm-hmm. I think I should probably mow the lawn. I'd probably like it because I like being outside. So I should do the outside chores and make him do the inside chores. But it's a good workout also, too. Yeah, but I just let him do it. <laughs> I like Plus relaxing he looks outside. sexy when he does it. <laughs> yeah, and that <laughs> he comes in, and he smells delightful. <laughs> I mean that seriously. <laughs> For I know. Listeners who are like, ew. <laughs> I know you know. <laughs> but yeah, and anyway, but- I, I have things that I need to let go of too, though, when it comes to thinking, oh, well, those are the man jobs or that's the man thing to do. Like I mm-hmm. I enjoy a door being held open for me. And yes. I enjoy when like I think it's the, the guy walks on the outside. Like if you're walking on a sidewalk, he walks on the street side, mm-hmm. just like I do with my kid, like protective. I enjoy yeah. feeling like they're protective over me, but at the same time, I'm protective over them in certain ways too. I That's true. uh, I was watching something with Emma Watson just before we started recording and she was talking about some of these little things of how do you feel about this? And she said, you know, I think it just comes down to respect. Of course I enjoy a door being held open for me, but I also will hold the door open for for a man or someone else. That's so true. Which I do too. That is so true. Uh, She said, you know, she went on a – this is back from 2015 though. But she had had gone out with a guy and she chose the restaurant and she paid. And they had a whole conversation about it too because he felt like a little weird that she was paying. And she's like, well, you know, I chose the restaurant. This is my favorite restaurant. I'll pay. It's not that big of a deal. You can choose the restaurant next time and you can pay next time. And because like even now when we go out to restaurants, sometimes I'll – because my dad always did it when I was growing up. And my dad is super feminist, not Mr. Macho Man, like the quote-unquote idea of a man. But he's my idea of a man because he's an amazing human being. Mm -hmm. But he used to order for me. And I think my pop – like my grandfather used to do it for me too. And it feels nice to be treated that way. Yeah. But I don't Mm -hmm. think that it has to – be a man versus woman thing either. Like sometimes I'll tell Jed what I want to order thinking that he'll do it because he's like Mr. Man in his 
head and his ideas, but then he just like <laughs> motions to me like, okay, or go ahead and order. I'm like, oh, okay. But I could totally order for him too. Like those, those ideas are silly. As long as the love and respect is there, why does it matter? Yeah. Yeah. Um, man, I had so many thoughts. I want to show Emlyn how to be treated as a woman. Yes. But more as a person. Like I don't, mm-hmm. I I want Jed, who hopefully one day will be, you know, an official figure, like father type figure in her life, and her dad as well, even though we're split, to show her how they treat me as another human being and her mother, not just because I'm a woman. Mm-hmm. And so that she knows that's what she's going to expect from a partner, not necessarily a man. Even if she likes boys and wants to marry a boy one day, I want her to know how to be treated as a partner. Mm-hmm. Um, so what what that made me think of is how, like the other side of the feminist, like not the bra burning side, but the whore, quote unquote, whore mm-hmm. side. Um, like Marilyn Monroe, you know, mm-hmm. she embodied her femininity mm-hmm. and you bet she let men hold the door and pay the bill and whatever, because like she used her femininity, I think in a way for that. And like, mm-hmm. that's, I guess that if that, if I, I don't know, I mean, like I, I fall, I would call myself a feminist in the fact that I think women should be treated equal. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't like, I'm not the bra burning feminist in well, there- way, because I I go for it. I had seen this this morning, but I didn't write it down because then it was just going into so much more. And I was like, this is like so many different aspects. Like there's so many facets of it. But I saw some, a few articles that there's four different types of feminists. Like there's actual Ooh. named types. Oh, can you tell, can you find it? Yeah, I'll look it up. <laughs> there's also four waves of feminism that people talk about, but that's more of a timeline and what issues like that generation is super concerned about. I think a part of the reason that I don't, like, really feel the need to label myself as a feminist or not is because I have this, like, blind, perhaps, naivety of the way that I'm looked at. Like, I just am like, you know what? I'm as equal to you as possible. And if you – like, I don't assume that people look at me as less. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I hear the way that men talk about women, like – Maybe they don't know I'm listening or whatever. And I'm like, oh, that's disgusting. Mm -hmm. But I still don't ever like – I just – I guess I assume that they're not talking about me like that or I just don't – like I don't care. Mm -hmm. Like I think you can say that about me, but you're an idiot. Like that's on you. I'm still going to be – what? That's on them. Like – yeah, like I'm not – that doesn't make me not want to be an amazing person. Like I'm going to do amazing things in this world. And if you're mm-hmm. going to talk bad about it, well, like – That sucks you, for you. You probably mm-hmm. suck as a person. So mm-hmm. sorry about that. Yeah. Oh, my. Yeah. Uh, Emma Watson was talking about that too. Like there was – they showed some Twitter comment that she got. And it was something like, why don't you go back, get back in the kitchen? Because someone was trying to offend her and be obnoxious. And she said, you know, when I was younger, that's something that would annoy me and I would, like, get back on or or try to, like, engage. And she said, now, just like you just said, it's it's not worth it. And that's okay. No. And on anything that you feel passionate about and someone's saying the opposite, you learn as you get older and mature 
who's worth engaging with and will actually be open and listen. And it's not that you're going to come to an agreement necessarily, but who it's worth engaging with and who it's not. Mm -hmm. That's so funny. Jay and I were just talking about that yesterday because I was talking about my dad and how different we are. Like we have very different opinions, but no matter what, he respects me. And when I come to him Mm -hmm. with an educated side, he doesn't necessarily agree, but he's like, he definitely respects my level of knowledge on it. Mm -hmm. And that's huge. So Mm -hmm. like, those are the people that you can con- like have a conversation about mm-hmm. it with. And the other people, like, I just, I just don't care. Like, you're probably pretty piggy. Like, if you look at women that way, okay. And some women are whatever. that way, not just men. What? Some women are that way. Some women oh, yeah. are misogynistic. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a whole nother story. Emma Watson said some of the worst uh, – I can't think of the word now, like disses that she's ever received, especially professionally, were from other women. Oh, I believe that. Because mm-hmm. women are catty. They want to knock you down if they're jealous. It's hey, awful. Men can be catty too. Equal opportunity here. <laughs> but it's true. They can be too. <laughs> I mean, I mean women are catty about women. Like if they're jealous of their situation. I guess men could be catty about women too. Yeah. I yeah. think men are catty about oh, yeah. men. <laughs> Maybe I just know too many catty men. But are they catty towards women or are they catty towards men? Yeah. <laughs> oh, both. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the four different types, at least that I see here, I, I'm guessing that this is kind of a, a, a general idea too. General. There's liberal feminism, quite tame. They argue that gender inequality lies in the denial of rights to women in primarily the fields of education and employment. Uh, Marxist feminists... Male domination over women is a byproduct of the current system of production within this capitalist epic. Radical feminism see gender equality as a system whereby men benefit from female subordination, which has been created through the patriarchy. And then dual system theory feminism, a synthesis of Marxist and radical feminist theory take a position of importance as we're in a capitalist patriarchal society where both systems work together. Hmm. Those are the four. I don't get that last one. Also like the four, the last one is saying they take the Marxist and the radical where they are fighting against the patriarchy part of it, like, which is what the radical feminist where it's like control and law and order as well as the system of the economy, like, where we we stand there. Got it. And to be honest, I can't say that I necessarily fit into any one of those. As we go on through the ages and more is known and more research is done and more women and men speak up, I think that's how we get so many different views on it. And it's hard to nail down a definition, just like how we we asked for better human clips last year and strength clips this year, Mm -hmm. we all are allowed to have all of these different opinions. Yes, there's a dictionary definition, but it's such a broad idea and term that it means something different to each person, whether it's negative or positive or a mix. Yeah, that's true. The, I was trying to think of like a game to do, but I couldn't think of one unless (laughs) you think of one. But I did Mm -hmm. look through What's the girliest thing you've ever done versus the manliest thing you've ever done? No, that's bullshit. I know. <laughs> what you call it? 
<laughs> valid or bullshit. Um, but I did, I, I was, I used this as a way to try to find a game, but I couldn't in it, but I went through the history of feminism. So, okay. and of course I'm sure it went back before this and there's things that I'm missing, but these are kind of the big ideas. Like we talked about from 1850 to 1920, that was almost a hundred years. That's a long time where the women's suffragette idea came up and finally we got the right to vote in this country. It wasn't until 1920? Mm-hmm. That's what I'd God, seen. I always I thought it was like, 1918, but it said 1920. You I I'm sure you're right and I always just assume that that's like no, it's that black voters got to vote in the late 1800s and women mm-hmm. it wasn't until 1920. Black I always get those men. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mhm. So, I mean, those women, I feel like they were the beginning of it really. They they saw the inequality yeah. and they spoke up and they didn't back down. Yeah. And those women are definitely heroes. And then I was just kind of – was only 100 years ago. Yeah. Which is even crazier. Mm-hmm. Ugh, crazy. Then I was I – was, some of this I kind of wrote down myself because really it, it jumped forward to the 1960s. But I was thinking, you know, in the 1920s, the flappers really took power of their femininity mm-hmm. and or whatever they wanted to be because they they actually came in fashion to be have like the more boyish look where they had the mm. shorter straight hair, the lower yeah. waistline so you couldn't really tell what their their shape was and they just they lived wild and free. So I thought yeah. I mean I was thinking of them, they were kind of like feminists because they stepped out of what they were supposed to be doing. And mm-hmm. did what they wanted. We, Evelyn and I went to a history museum this past weekend, and there was something about a corset. Like she said, What's a corset? And I said, Oh, I said, It's this thing that you, you would have hated. I was like, It was the really early bra, basically, but it like went from here all the way up to here and it sucked you in and it hurt. And I think it was really, really unhealthy for most people. She's like, Oh. But that's, you know, we had that because we were supposed to be an hourglass shape and that's what was attractive. And even though it was squishing people's organs, that's what we were supposed to do. So I thought flappers were kind I mean, of their own. I think that still exists. I mean, there's oh, yes. like, you know, waistbands and, mm-hmm. you know, accentuating like lifting bras and whatever, which if you like, if, if that's you what you, if you do it for yourself, stuff, go for it. Right. But if you feel like you have to. Like I I go get my bikini waxed and I, you know, wear whatever it is that I wear because that's how I enjoy looking and feeling. I remember I was still going for bikini waxes when I wasn't with anyone. And my mom was like, oh, are you seeing someone right now? I said, no, I'm doing it for myself. (laughs) (laughs) This isn't for anybody else. (laughs) There's – so – the leggings that uh, that Jamie sells, the mm-hmm. Zaya leggings, I freaking love them because I've never had a butt and they make me look like I have a butt and I just feel powerful. I'm like, I can do anything in these leggings. I can run. I can <laughs> climb a tree. I can like do the splits. I cannot do the splits, but I feel like you it could. because of – Yeah. It like makes me feel awesome. Aw. Gosh, I wonder I what mean, my like, butt my would husband like. likes it too, but – that's, that's just a perk. I mean, that's another benefit for me yeah. later on at night. <laughs> exactly. Did you say you wonder what your butt would look like? <laughs> it, like, looking at the pictures, she did you see? She posts pictures of, like, other leggings and these leggings. They just 
make your butt look so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, then I wrote down the 1930s because that's when a lot of women stepped into the workforce because it wasn't normal for the women to be in the workforce, but all of a sudden there was a need for us. So we stepped in because we're always willing to pitch in. And then when the men came back from the war, we were asked to leave the workforce. And that's, we, that's when a lot of women got the idea of, Hey, I enjoy being out there and contributing. Mm -hmm. And and, I mean, though, they were kind of the, the original, you know, balancing it all, women. I can yeah. raise my babies and love them and work and contribute to the household and the world. Well, I feel like they were the modern version of that. But like yeah, way yeah. back in the day, women did it all anyway. You know, like they raised the babies and they took care of the house and they gathered, possibly hunted. Yeah. That's up for debate. <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean, like we have – I think there was just like a weird time where it was like, oh, no, you go home and you stay home and you take mm-hmm. care of the babies. Like – that's kind of a weird, yeah, a weird era. I'm <clears throat> a podcast that I really love is called Even the Rich. Have I mm-hmm. told you about this podcast? Mm, um, and they're going through. I'm listening to the one on uh, JFK and Jackie, mm-hmm. and it's amazing the things that she did because she knew she had the power mm-hmm. to do it. Like even just again, like embracing your femininity. She made like the White House apparently was kind of in shambles when she took it over. It was it had mismatched furniture. It was not a pretty it wasn't something you would be proud of. And she's like, I'm going to make this beautiful. And she did like and that I think is amazing, too. Like it's not, you know, she wasn't moving the furniture with her muscles, but she was decorating it and making it Mm -hmm. look phenomenal. And because she had the power to do it. It represents our country. So. Yeah, and she like the reason people want to go to the White House is because Jackie made it look gorgeous. Hmm, that's interesting. She did that. <laughs> she did that. <laughs> she did that. <laughs> um, and then I mean I didn't write this down, but you because when you think of the 1950s, you or like the 40s and 50s, you think of very. I feel like the general <laughs> idea is the very feminine, you know, perfect housewife, Pleasantville, that kind of stuff. But there is. And I'm not saying that Marilyn Monroe necessarily – I don't know enough about her. I feel like she's a very um, – there's a lot of sides to her and who knows if she necessarily would be the icon for feminism. But mm-hmm. she did. She, I mean she embraced who she was. She put it out there. I think there was a lot of insecurities in there, but we're all we all have our insecurities. Well, it's funny that you bring her up because, again, like listening to the, you know, Mm because Marilyn Monroe most assuredly had an affair with Mm -hmm. uh, Jack, JFK. Um, And (laughs) we call him Jack now. We call him Jack on this podcast. (laughs) We know him well. But Jackie, like, she, I think, honestly, if you look really deep into her, she is an I, like a, an ideal or not an ideal, like a, what's the word I'm looking for? A stereotypical. I don't, she was very fem, like very mm-hmm. much a feminist because she was, she was raised wealthy. So she was sent to these boarding schools where she was taught how to like drink tea and like where you're supposed to have the handle and all this mm-hmm. stuff. And she was, they were grooming her to be a good housewife. And she's like, no, she was engaged before JFK and was like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to do this because I don't want to be a housewife. And then when mm-hmm. she met JFK, he would get headaches if he didn't have sex every three days. Mm-hmm. So she knew going into the relationship that he was going to be unfaithful. And yet she like took it as an opportunity still to like make a difference for the world. So like 
she went into this relationship. It's a weird, weird way around yeah. it. But, like, she had but, yeah. a very feminist viewpoint and she took she took things into her own hands in the ways that she could at that time. Mm. So it is. I think it's like a flip side. There's yeah. Marilyn Monroe and then there's Jackie O. Yeah. And they thought she had a boyish haircut too. Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> oh. um, and then – in the 1960s, that's what they call the second wave of feminism, and that was about cultural inequalities and discrimination, and that's when you get into the bra-burning stuff, too, and the not shaving the armpits, mm-hmm. which, who cares? Why does that, like, what, yes, that's what they were, they were all about, and they were, like, shoving it in your face, but uprisings like that, where it so takes it to such a high level, and we've seen it with racial inequality conversations and and events, especially in the past year, the reason why it gets to such a high level is because their voices are still not being heard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like think of a, a toddler. If a toddler mm-hmm. says something to you and you brush them off or you ignore them or you don't hear them, they're going to get louder. And any human's going to do that. If you don't hear me once, I'm going to speak again. If you don't hear me then or you don't listen or you brush me off, I'm going to speak a little bit louder or take a little bit more action or ignore you and go do my own thing really loud. <laughs> well, it's funny that you compare it to a toddler because I feel like toddlers nowadays do that because we give them voices more, but like a toddler in the fifties was told to be seen, not heard. And so like, I, I think that the, I'm sure they still screamed if they didn't get their way. No, I don't think so. Like my mom has memories. No, I'm telling you, Jess, it was a different time. Like my mom has memories of like, she did not, she was not allowed to have a voice. She wasn't, she remembers one time being like tired at the table. She was probably four and she like leaned on the table and her dad hit her elbow with a knife because you don't like, Mm -hmm. it was, it was a totally different, I mean, maybe your parents were not like were allowed, but my, I'm not saying that they weren't being reprimanded. Yeah. If they're, especially if they're reprimanded physically, that teaches them, okay, if I do that, then I'm going to get hit. So I don't want to do that anymore. But, but the initial human reaction is. Right. And that's what I'm saying. Like they, they, like, that's where we go to. And then we're like, we're, we're shut down, you know, and that's like women, Mm -hmm. you know, women probably were born with the thought that we can do anything. And then something happens that tells us no, 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 until Mm -hmm. we get to the bra burning point, you know, like when you're, when you're shut up enough, like that's when it has, like, that's when it becomes extreme because Mm -hmm. like no one's going to tell you no anymore. Like you, you have a voice. So I think it's like all the more disruptive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then in the 1990s, they called a third wave of feminism. And that was uh-huh. – it's they somewhere it said like challenging the second wave of feminism. Mm-hmm. They were more focused on the work. I think they were more focused on like workforce and girl power, like think about Spice Girls and all of that. But at the same time, <laughs> there was a note on the third wave was very much upper white class women being mm-hmm. – taking it over. And then all of these other voices not being heard, which is what brought about the fourth wave. I think it said like 2004, 2008 is kind of when it started. But but in, then more other races, religion, are, or even economic classes are speaking out and being feminist as well now. Starting in the 2008? Yes. Like saying, hey, what you're saying as you being a feminism is not my story because mm-hmm. our stories are very different. But something cool that I thought came about in the 1990s, along with the Spice Girls, of course, was (laughs) 
1993, I don't know if you remember this, is when it was originally Take Your Daughter to Work Day. Yeah. But then it – and that's just because of the inequality, which is sad because it should be Take Your Kid to Work Day. But that was brought about to show girls you can work too. You can do this. Like you can be a part of the workforce too. I used to love going to work with my parents. Oh, me too. I forgot that it was Take Your – it was originally Take Your Daughter. Wow. Mm Mm-hmm. Huh. That's really cool. Yeah. I mean, there's so much more that can be talked about, but. Yeah. But that was the general idea. I love it. Thank you for picking um, such a raw topic. I feel like it's. Yeah. Um, controversial, which uh, makes it even more raw. <laughs> <laughs> and it's still ongoing. I mean, I'm still. Oh, right. Figuring myself out as a feminist and finding my voice and and hoping to lift up other voices. We talked about, so I'm, I'm sure we will, lifting up other voices that are not like ours at all in August on the podcast. So I think that will yeah. be really exciting to do. Because we are. I mean, we are middle-class white girls. Yeah. <laughs> and this is our story and our voice, but it would be wonderful to have lots of other voices that are not like ours if you feel like you want your voice to be that voice reach out to us podcast at inrawlife.com and you can also be a part of the show by sending us a clip of what strength means to you so any way you want your voice heard whether it's you feel like your voice is not a common voice we can possibly feature you on the show in august or if you just want to define strength for us go ahead give an audio recording no more than 30 seconds and about what strength means to you and send it to podcast at inmallife.com did you have any game ideas before we go no okay. I, I don't <laughs> i thought no. that was the game replacement uh, i mean yeah kind of well thank you for um bringing us that episode i think i already said that and uh and oh happy birthday that was so rude of me (laughs) (laughs) happy birthday shanks until next week i really hope whoever you are wherever you are whatever age gender race religion political view anything that you take the time to think to yourself on on what it means to you and understand that feminism doesn't just have the one definition and it's not only the loudest voices that get to define it. I hope that you, above all else, love and respect other human beings. Whether they respect you or not, respect doesn't always mean that you fall over yourself for them it just means that you can respect them as another human and they're that they have their own opinions and values and if bras make you really uncomfortable you can still burn them it's okay you don't have to wear them if you don't want to that's a personal choice bye fun fun fact this could be our first blooper If you, um, science shows that women who don't wear bras, their nipples raise 6% or something. It's like they get lifted? Yeah, you're thinking. Like a natural boob lift? 
Like a natural nipple lift. Just a nipple lift. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what makes it appear, you know, lifted. Funny. Yeah, exactly. Funny thing is I actually haven't been wearing a bra that much lately. I haven't either. I used to wear one to bed every night because I was like – Oh, my God. My as a teenager, I did because I was – Yeah, I don't want them to, to sag one day. That, that was it. It just – I felt weird not wearing one. And then I really don't like it if, like, my nipples can be seen. But lately, as long as it's not too – like as long as my – that's a personal preference. I don't care about other people. I don't like it. Right. But if they're not like really showing, I've often not been wearing a bra lately. Like out in public and everything Like is in crazy. public? Oh, I love I it. Know. I feel like I can't get away with it as much because mine are so saggy. But – I won't. I, I mean mine have really kept their shape. They're pretty good. I know. Yeah. Mine are just big and I could probably – Big and probably beautiful. In certain outfits other all oh, these spiders i don't know what they're doing in my house it's the same type and they're just like they keep popping up around my desk and i keep killing them because i can't get them out the door because they're too fast there goes my dog oh shoot no <laughs> i didn't have my mic i have my microphone plugged in but it's not in front of <laughs> she's not people her voice doesn't matter <laughs> you use that feminine powder to power to kill those spiders if you enjoy how you look without a bra then who cares